Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Let me ask a question here, and and I can't tell who is giving the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Hands up if you have made it through this entire self-quarantine without turning on a TV. Some people don't have TVs. I, I admire them. Or if you have found other things to do and have barely watched any television. Hands up if that's you. And, and you know, here, golf clap to you if you can do it. Uh, you're a bigger, you're a better person than I. Because in my world, thank goodness for Netflix. Thank goodness for Disney+. Plus, Thank goodness for Crave. Thank goodness for Prime. Thank goodness for whatever's on network television or cable television, whatever else. I mean, it's been, this is the time. Holy cow, this is the time when we have worn out our entertainment options. I'm pretty confident there are some people who have reached the end of Netflix. I'm not not sure what the very end of Netflix is, what the last thing on the list would be that you would watch on Netflix, though I'm quite confident it might be an Adam Sandler movie. (laughs) Anyway, here's the problem that we are now facing. What next? Because movie producers, directors, actors, they can't do anything right now. They can't get together and make movies. They can't do TV shows. I was watching Survivor the other, the other day, the uh, season finale of Survivor, and Jeff Probst, the host, said, yeah, normally at this point we'd show you a preview of next season, but can't do it. We, we haven't been able to film. So what next? Well, let me bring in Bill Briou, uh, who is a blogger. He is a TV expert. We love having him on the show, and we get him on here as much as we possibly can. Uh, you can find him at Briou TV. Bill, thanks for doing this. My pleasure, Scott. So um, what are we going to be watching in four or five or six months when the stable of programs that have been tucked away and already produced run out? What's next? Well, I laughed when you were asking if anyone had gotten to the end of Netflix. I, I don't know. I think that's a that's a spaceship ride beyond the galaxies as we know it. It's a long way. Um, but haven't. it would be an Adam Sandler movie that would be last. It probably would be, but um, yeah, that, that's a funny one. Um, it, it's going to be very different, and you're right about Survivor. There was a good example. You saw Jeff Probst. And literally, he had the CBS guys deliver in crates the set from where he would normally do uh, his uh, announcing of the final winner. It was brought to his garage so he could do it remotely uh, on Wednesday. And yeah, normally they'd be shooting that uh, next season already. We're learning that The Amazing Race Canada, which normally is shot in May, that's on hold. Uh, Who knows? I mean, there's a series, the whole series is about going out of airports, taxis, and hotels. Um, that may be, you know, a long wait for that. And all these other shows, uh, The Masked Singer is shot ahead of time, so we're watching the whole of that with an audience now, but uh, they can't shoot the next season. They'd have to call it The Masked Audience. You know, it's it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> That's true. But it's, it really, I mean, it, I was trying to think the other day of what shows you could do with that wouldn't look too much different that wouldn't lose all of what it is. And I mean, I've been flipping by the channels and I see like Dr. Phil does his show now from home. So, all right. So there's one you can do and no one's going to mind, but you're right. Any game show, any reality show, any scripted show, unless it's somehow a soliloquy show, which I don't know that there are any, um, none of these can be done. And I'm assuming bill that 
up until you know that they 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 work ahead. So there are still some shows that are still to come out that have wrapped up pre production or whatever that we're still going to see. But what what's it going to be? September, October, November when we start to get into some uncharted territory. Yeah, I mean you're right. The late night talk shows, Saturday Night Live, they've shown that you can do a remote hour uh, or an hour and a half, uh, you know, with some clever writing and technical things. Uh, as long as you're sort of goofing on the Zoom phenomena, um, but I don't know. You know, like the writers right now, um, CBC has a show, Murdoch Mysteries. Now it's coming back for a 14th season. It's been ordered, but you know, how are they going to do that? Are we going to see an hour of uh, Detective Murdoch in jail, you know, like a, it's, the, the, <laughs> just walking around talking around to himself. This, right. Um, the good thing is for some shows, and here's an interesting angle, all the animated comedies, the Simpsons, Family Guy, they're still in production because animators can sit in their room on front of a computer and animate and, and voice guys. All the voices of the Simpsons have for years recorded their voice in home studios you know, one of them lives in Las Vegas, and uh, these guys don't even have to wear pants to work. So the, the, these things are already in play for them. So you'll see fresh episodes of The Simpsons this fall, but very little else. And um, it is a great dilemma for the entire industry worldwide. There have been a few creative things that I've seen so far as well. And uh, one of them apparently was a huge success, and that was the Disney sing-along where they had... Um, Ryan Seacrest hosted this thing and you had some celebrities sing their favorite Disney songs at home and they produced it a little bit afterwards. And that thing apparently got great numbers, maybe because there was nothing else new for people to watch. But I mean, clearly if you're creative, you can find some things. I just don't know if you can find enough things to fill a whole primetime or a whole daytime schedule on your television. It's a good question. I think we probably will get sick of this and all the all-star specials. I mean, Stronger Together got a huge audience in Canada a few weeks ago when you had all these actors, sports stars, musicians, six million Canadians watch, but there literally was nothing else on any channel. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, a dilemma for sure to sort of program around that, and I think people will get, um, you know, you can only put on so many of those all-star music specials. Although I have to say, I have on my laptop right now Josh Gad talking to Marty McFly, and the three other actors from Back to the Future sort of reminiscing about that movie, and it's fun. So there are ways, I guess. There, there, yeah, for sure, there are. I just don't know that you can fill a whole schedule. I mean, it's a lot of hours that the networks and the channels have to fill. I, I, it makes me wonder also, I mean, certainly Netflix uh, has led the way, but others have done it too. Old TV series that may have gone into mothballs for a while, and I'm wondering if some of these old series that aren't already on Netflix, that people have not already exhausted themselves by watching over and over. I mean, I must have, I must have watched The Office five times now. Uh, Seinfeld, same thing. Things like Love Boat or Fantasy Island or Go Back. I mean, all these ones. Could we see the value of those syndicated shows suddenly skyrocket because oh. these streaming companies need to get new old stuff? Absolutely, Scott. And don't forget, these shows are also comfort food. They're ideal for right now. You know, you want to have the comfort of seeing the old friends that you grew up with on television. So, yeah, the Brady Bunch and the Partridge Family for some, or Seinfeld's cast, the Dick Van Dyke Show. Um, they're, and a lot of them are available now. Of course, CHCH, Hamilton, daytime, they offer Partridge Family and Hill Street Blues, St. Elsewhere. Um, if you go to Amazon Prime Video, 
they've got laughing. They've got uh, a lot of old westerns. Uh, family affair. You know, if you want to revisit Buffy and Jody, <laughs> mm. they're there. And this is, and of course, you've got the internet. You've got YouTube. So there are ways to get back in touch with those shows that, that like never before. I really believe, and maybe I'm just showing my age, but I truly believe that if any of these places could bring Fantasy Island or Love Boat back, you would have an entire generation that would carve out like a week and a half or two weeks to do nothing but watch every episode of them. I really do. There's that. I mean, like shows like a, a Love American Style, same sort. That goes even further back. But there, you get to see, you know, Buddy and Sally from the Dick Van Dyke Show on the Love Boat, you know, or things <laughs> like that. They're fascinating little time capsules of the of the 60s and 70s. That's TV, and TV can kind of make this work somehow because it's. I think it's a little less expensive to produce some of it, and you do have these old shows that you could latch on to. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. What in the world, though, Bill, happens to the movie industry because they can't make movies, and the theaters at some point are going to open up, and I don't know what they're going to put in there. Yeah, it's a huge problem. You know, they were going to launch that uh, new James Bond movie originally about a month ago. It's been pushed back till October. Will people sit in a cinema with other people at that point? And, you know, it's, it's a larger story. Even we're hearing about drive-in cinemas as maybe a solution. The few remaining drive-ins, uh, you know, where you could maybe park every other car, uh, just don't go to the snack bar or the washroom, you know. So yeah. um, I, I think that it's a bigger challenge, certainly for cinemas. Um, and and I, I feel really badly for folks like at the Westdale in Hamilton, which has revived this beautiful movie, neighborhood movie house, uh, and it's just smack in the middle of a pandemic. These places need the support. So I'm hoping when we come through this, there is a way back for, for exhibitors like that. Uh, it's certainly a challenge. And then we're also seeing studios go, forget it. We're going to throw the new Scooby-Doo movie straight onto television because that's the only place where people will watch it now. Uh, you would think that some of these streaming services that are owned by studios have a chance to really gain some ground here. Do do studios, uh, and TV or movie, do especially TV, I guess this would be more applicable for, we know there are shows that get made, they get a pilot made or a few episodes made and then, they do screenings of it, and people go, man, that's horrible. I mean, that just stinks. And that TV show never sees the light of day. Is there any chance that the networks or, frankly, a movie theater that has a movie almost done and has somehow pulled the plug say, you know what, desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah, our audience has said they hate it, but let's throw it up there and see if we can catch lightning in a bottle. You know, it may Maybe. Look, people went to see that revival of Cats in theaters just to laugh at how horrible it was, right? Or <laughs> yeah, sing along or mock it. It was like going to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That was part of the fun. <laughs> uh, so maybe. I mean, you know, but I, but I think that they would rather uh, see if things open up enough that th- those films can be finished. And But we're already seeing, like, TV networks. Ape, this is the week when all the networks traditionally would announce, here's what we got for next fall to the advertisers. And ABC and the CW have already said, we're not even going to start our season until January. There won't be a September start because we won't have anything to put on then. Uh, so it's revolutionary time. And what's fascinating, just in the last few days, we've seen Canada to the rescue. We watched and now we've got NBC have reached across. They're going to grab CTV's medical drama Transplant, which is on now here. 
They're going to start short in the fall on NBC. The other show, Coroner, on CBC, that's been scooped by the CW. And there's talk that uh, Jan Arden's comedy might be is, is being looked at by a few people. So American broadcasters are going to need some sort of content, and this might be great news for Canadian TV producers who can right now sell them 13 or 20 episodes. Man, it is a shame that Bruno Gerussi is no longer with us. The <laughs> Beachcombers back on NBC would be something. Uh, let me take this in a slightly darker path, if I can, for a moment, because we're talking about streaming. And I cannot help but notice, as I turn on Netflix especially, but other ones as well, that so many of the popular, uh, highly viewed series that are getting all the buzz and everything else are making a murder. Now that's going back a little ways, but The Staircase and The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez and Wild Wild Country and Tiger King. And now there's a new one coming out on Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, They're all about gruesome, vicious, ugly murder and crime. And uh, is it just the time we're living in or is there something else going on that we just have this fascination throw up a good crime story and man everyone's going to jump in it seems to be the opposite everyone says oh i hate crime i hate crime and then you put on a good crime show and everyone goes oh i love that show what is it you know i've never understood this scott it's it's always i i'm always looking for a, a comedy or something that makes me laugh first and the fact that there are so many dark dark dramas with anti-heroes or true crime stories or the absurdity of the Tiger King. I mean, we tried to watch 10 minutes of that here, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it just seemed um, offensive just on an animal cruelty basis. That was enough to, be, to make it off-putting. Um, I don't get the Epstein one. I don't get any of these things. But there's always been uh, series like Criminal Minds have always been top five, top ten hits for years and years and years. So clearly we're in the minority. Well, and TV shows, I mean, look, clearly it's not just, there's a give and a take here. Obviously the stations and the studios and everything else give it to us and wait to see if we'll bite, but we bite so they give us more of it. It's a, it's a circle, it's a cycle, but, uh, somehow my YouTube feed the other day suddenly had this string of catch a predator ones from years ago on Dateline NBC and other, like, I don't we have this amazing fascination with stuff that we don't like. And I don't know if it's just a curiosity because 99% of us will never live that life. Mm. Or if it says something about the darkness in our souls, or if we're all just gawkers or what, but it, it truly is strange to me. Like it is to you. I, I just don't get it. I think part of it is just the times we're in, you know, that the political news is relentless and horrifying. And maybe people are searching for just to be scared in another way. Uh, you know, there's a saying, blood leads on newscasts, say, or um, in crime stories. Uh, sex and violence has always been a big seller. I guess it is just a part of uh, human nature. But um, certainly it's not, you know, what I'm drawn to. If you take a series on Netflix right now with Ricky Gervais, Afterlife, one of my favorite shows currently running, um, it's about a guy kind of who was ready to commit suicide. It's a very dark theme, and yet it is full of humanity and hope. Um, I'll watch that, but I think there's too many people sitting at home who are just in a bad situation because they've been isolated without their friends and family. They just need a hug. So I don't know why you'd want to sit and watch Epstein. Maybe maybe if, you, if you're in a bad situation, maybe watching a worse situation makes you feel better about yourself. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. 
And now that to be said, and, and as I let you go, Bill, and I appreciate the time, as I uh, I should say, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone because I've watched most of those shows. So I, I'm not standing here as the, uh, you know, pontificating about how horrible everybody is. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I'm just, it, it's a, it's an inward psychological look at, you know, same thing. Well, I don't get it, but they are. And, and there was even one that we watched the other day, uh, don't F with cats that was on about the Luca Magnata case. And it is horrendous. And then you go, Oh, well, I watched that one. So, I, I, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll have to go see someone to analyze me later on, I guess. Hey, I don't know. I mean, Game of Thrones was the number one show in the world for like seven years. And it was like, you know, guys throwing kids out windows of castles. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, this was not family affair. So it's always a fascination, I think, for most people. Bill Briou, you can catch him at TV. Go look there. Uh, Bill, always appreciate having you on. Thanks for taking some time. My pleasure, Scott, anytime. Uh, as for Game of Thrones, I never did watch Game of Thrones. Um, I watched, that's not true. I watched about 10 minutes of one episode of Game of Thrones. And I was told later that the episode that I happened to stumble onto, and those who are regular viewers will know this one. I don't even know the name of it. Something Wedding. And all I saw for 10 minutes was a non-stop slaughterhouse butcher shop fight people dying and being impaled and decapitated and arms cut off. And I went, huh, if this, if this is the entire show, I could just go to a rendering plant and watch it. It would be cheaper than subscribing to a streaming service. Apparently it's not all like that. Yes, Will, jump in. You are a Game of Thrones fan, right? I am actually not a huge Game of Thrones fan, but there are several in the newsroom and they're all laughing at you right now. It, it's the only episode I saw by complete saw the coincidence. Red <laughs> the Red Wedding. That's it. And I only happened to see the moment. And I've been told by other people that it's not all like this. It was 10 minutes. And I think that for those 10 minutes, the directors and producers and prop people gathered up every bit of costume blood in the greater California area and just dumped it on the set. <laughs> there was a it was ghastly. drought after that. And so I said, I'm never going to watch this again. And I'm told, okay, some of it was actually tamer than that. I've, I've never ventured back in to check. Maybe one of these years. The Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to three on 900 CHML.